Hello, welcome to Daily Prayer today for August 27th, 2021. Glad that you are with me today. Let's go ahead and get started. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. You created the day and the night, O God. You set the sun and the moon in their places. You set the limits of the earth. You made summer and winter. The Lord be with you, and also with you. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. Merciful God, we give thanks that through the gift of our baptism, you offer the forgiveness of sin and wash us clean from all evil. By the power of your Holy Spirit, renew our lives and make us worthy to enter into your eternal sanctuary. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Our readings for today are Psalm 88 and 148, 1 Kings 5, 1 through 6, 1, and then also 6, 7, Acts 28, 1 through 16, and Mark 14, 27 through 42. Listen for God's word to speak to you. Psalm 88, Lord, God of my salvation, when at night I cry out in your presence, let my prayer come before you. Incline your ear to my cry. For my soul is full of troubles, and my life draws near to Sheol. I am counted among those who go down to the pit. I am like those who have no help, like those forsaken among the dead, like the slain that lie in the grave, like those whom you remember no more, for they are cut off from your hand. You have put me in the depths of the pit and the regions dark and deep. Your wrath lies heavy upon me, and you overwhelm me with all your waves. Selah. You have caused my companions to shun me. You have made me a thing of horror to them. I am shut in so that I cannot escape. My eye grows dim through sorrow. Every day I call on you, O Lord, I spread out my hands to you. Do you work wonders for the dead? Do the shades rise up to praise you? Is your steadfast love declared in the grave or your faithfulness in Abaddon? Are your wonders known in the darkness or your saving help in the land of forgetfulness? But I, O Lord, cry out to you. In the morning my prayer comes before you. O Lord, why do you cast me off? Why do you hide your face from me, wretched and close to death from my youth up? I suffer your terrors. I am desperate. Your wrath has swept over me. Your dread assaults destroy me. They surround me like a flood all day long. From all sides they close in on me. You have caused friend and neighbor to shun me. My companions are in darkness. Psalm 148. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise God in the heights. Praise God, all God's angels. Praise God, all God's host. Praise God, sun and moon. Praise God, all you shining stars. Praise God, you highest heavens and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for God commanded and they were created. God established them forever and ever. God fixed their bounds which cannot be passed. 
Praise the Lord from the earth, you sea monsters in all deeps. Fire and hail, snow and frost, stormy wind fulfilling God's command. Mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, creeping things and flying birds. Kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the earth, young men and women alike, old and young together. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for God's name alone is exalted. God's glory is above earth and heaven. God has raised up a horn for God's people. Praise for all God's faithful, for the people of Israel who are close to God. Praise the Lord. From 1 Kings chapter 5 uh, and a little bit of 6. Now King Hiram of Tyre sent his servants to Solomon when he heard that they had anointed him king in place of his father, for Hiram had always been a friend to David. Solomon sent word to Hiram, saying, You know that my father David could not build a house for the name of the Lord his God because of the warfare with which his enemies surrounded him, until the Lord put them under the soles of his feet. But now the Lord my God has given me rest on every side. There is neither adversity nor misfortune. So I intend to build a house for the name of the Lord my God. As the Lord said to my father David, Your son, whom I shall set on your throne in your place, shall build the house for my name. Therefore command that cedars from the Lebanon be cut for me. My servant will join you, join your servants, and I will give you whatever wages you set for your servants. For you know that there is no one among us who knows how to cut timber like the Sidonians. When Hiram heard the words of Solomon, he rejoiced greatly and said, Blessed be the Lord today, who has given to David a wise son to be over his great people. Hiram sent word to Solomon, I have heard the message that you have sent to me. I will fulfill all your needs in the matter of cedar and cypress timber. My servants shall bring it down to the sea from the Lebanon. I will make it into rafts to go by sea to the place you indicate. I will have them broken up there for you to take away, and you shall meet my needs by providing food for my household. So Hiram supplied Solomon every need for timber of cedar and cypress. Solomon in turn gave Hiram 20,000 cores of wheat as food for his household and 20 cores of fine oil. Solomon gave this to Hiram year by year. So the Lord gave Solomon wisdom, as God promised him. There was peace between Hiram and Solomon, and the two of them made a treaty. King Solomon conscripted forced labor out of all of Israel. The levy numbered 30,000 men. He sent them to the Lebanon, 10,000 a month in shifts. They would be a month in the Lebanon and two months at home. Adoniram was in charge of the forced labor. Solomon also had 70,000 laborers and 80,000 stonecutters in the hill country. Besides Solomon's 3,300 supervisors who were over the work, having charge of the people who did the work. At the king's command, they quarried out great costly stones in order to lay the foundation of the house with the dressed stones. So Solomon's builders and Hiram's builders and the Gilbites did the stone cutting, and prepared the timber and the stone to build the house. In the 480th year after the Israelites came out of the land of Egypt, in the fourth year of Solomon's reign over Israel, in the month of Ziv, which is the second month, 
he began to build the house of the Lord. The house was built with stone, finished at the quarry, so that neither hammer nor axe nor any tool of iron was heard in the temple while it was being built. From Acts 28, 1-16 After we had reached safety, we then learned that the island was called Malta. The natives showed us as unusual kindness. Since it had begun to rain, it was cold. They kindled a fire and welcomed all of us around it. Paul had gathered a bundle of brushwood and was putting it on the fire when a viper, driven out by the heat, fastened itself on his hand. When the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, This man must be a murderer. Though he has escaped from the sea, justice has not allowed him to live. He, however, shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. They were expecting him to swell up or to drop dead, but after they had waited a long time and saw that nothing unusual had happened to him, they changed their minds and began to say that he was a god. Now in the neighborhood of that place there were lands belonging to the leading man of the island named Publius, who received us and entertained us hospitably for three days. It so happened that the father of Publius lay sick in bed with fever and dysentery. Paul visited him and cured him by praying and putting his hand on him. After this happened, the rest of the people on the island who had diseases also came and were cured. They bestowed many honors on us, and when we were about to sail, they put on board all the provisions we needed. Three months later, we set sail on a ship that had weathered, wintered in the island, an Alexandrian ship with the twin brothers as its figurehead. We put in at Syracuse and stayed there for three days. Then we weighed anchor and came to Rugium. After one day, there a south wind sprang up, and on the second day, we came to Putioli. There we found believers who were invited to stay with them for seven days, and so we came to Rome. The believers from there, when they heard of us, came as far as the Forum of Appius and three taverns to meet us. On seeing them, Paul thanked God and took courage. When we came into Rome, Paul was allowed to live by himself with the soldier who was guarding him. And from Mark fourteen twenty-seven through 42. And Jesus said to them, You will all become deserters, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter said to him, Even though all become deserters, I will not. Jesus said to him, Truly I tell you this day, this very night, before the cock crows twice, you will deny me three times. But he said vehemently, Even though I must die with you, I will not deny you. And all of them said the same. They went to a place called Gethsemane. He said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. He took with him Peter and James and John and began to be distressed and agitated and said to them, I am deeply grieved even to death. Remain here and keep awake. And going a little further, he threw himself on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. He said, Abba, Father, for you all things are possible. Remove this cup from me. Yet not what I want, but what you want. 
He came and found them sleeping, and he said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not keep awake one hour? Keep awake and pray that you may not come into the time of trial. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And again he went away and prayed, saying the same words. And once more he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were very heavy, and they did not know what to say to him. He came a third time and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? Enough. The hour has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up. Let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. Oops. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, our readings for today. Solomon is beginning to build the temple. Remember that this was a major thing that David wanted to do, but it's not something that he actually did. And so Solomon is undertaking it. And so he makes this treaty with this um, this other king who has a bunch of really great uh, woodworkers and, and is good with lumber, these, these famed cedars of Lebanon. And he makes a deal with him, right? Uh, you give me wood, I'll give you food for your workers. This will be good. We'll also have sort of a, a working trade deal um, all between us. So there's this sort of very positive, good, you know, like we've got a good economy going. There's, there's this peace between these two kings. And then if there was an underscore, it would sort of take a minor, um, uh, go into a minor key. Because there's some really not great stuff that's going on here as well. Because... Solomon is conscripting Israelites in order to work in the, um, to go cut stone and to work with these, the, to cut down these cedars of Lebanon and to do all the work to make this house of God. He is making slaves of his own people. And it's not explicitly given here, but there's definitely an implication here or the Deuteronomic history, that this is not a good thing. He is being like Egypt. He is taking slaves of the people. And in fact, we even have sort of a, a kind of veiled reference to that by giving this is how long it has been since God freed the people from Egypt. So there's this sort of dark note that we have here as well that Solomon is, yes, building a house to God, and it's wonderful, and doing all of these great things. But he's also doing things like normal kings. He's also doing things like Pharaoh in Egypt. He's making slaves of his own people. This is a a common sort of uh, question, I guess, for, you know, why, why is there slavery in the Bible? Is Is it okay? Like, what's going on here? And I really don't think that the implication here is that this is a really good and positive thing. This is definitely a darker tone. This is is something that he did. It was not great. So, um, yes, slavery is in the Bible. Absolutely. It was a part of the system in which they lived, and to a certain extent, they could not see themselves. They could not understand themselves out of that system. However, Scripture is consistently um, speaks against that. Now, Solomon does 
also have a lot of grace for these conscripted um, or slaves that he has made, right? He has them work one month and then gives them two months off. So there is a slight balance, but the fact that he is taking slaves of his own people is not a good thing. All right. Then we have in Acts, they remember there was a shipwreck. They make it to this island. It turns out this island is Malta. There are natives here and they help them out. They, they set a fire for them. And Paul is bitten by a viper, a venomous snake. And the natives think, this must be the justice of the gods, right? He made it through this, this terrible um, shipwreck. And so now the gods are killing him by a snake. And they just watch him <laughs> and nothing happens, right? He just shakes it off into the fire and he doesn't blow up. He doesn't die. He doesn't, you know, nothing happens to him. So they realize, oh, there's something else going on here. In fact, they think he is a god. Eventually, they come to meet Plebeus or something like that, who's the sort of uh, a sounds like a Roman type person who lives on this island, has this great estate, invites them to come and stay with him over the winter. And when the spring comes, he has an Alexandrian ship that they can use. And so they buy it from him or whatever it is and go on to Rome. They make it to Rome and there Paul finally gets to Rome, a and meets with some of the siblings of in Christ that are there, these Roman Christians that he has written to before but has never met. And they come and they greet him and they encourage him. He is able to stay there under basically house arrest. He is, uh, is able to rent a house in, in Rome. There's a guard that's with him. He gets to receive friends and do all these sorts of things. So, Paul is at Rome. We're finishing up the book of Acts, um, but he's finally made it to Rome. Then we have Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. He tells his disciples that you're going to run away. You're going to fall away from me. And Peter says, no, there's no way I will possibly do that. Jesus says, yes, you will. You'll deny me three times. And he goes off to pray, and his prayer is vitally important, right? God, I know that you have power over all things. I know that you could have this cup, this experience that I'm just about to go through. You could take it from me. That's what I want, but ultimately, I want what you want. So if you want me to do this, if this is the only way, and Jesus knows this is the only way, okay, then I'm willing to go there. I'm willing to go through all of the things that the cross will mean. He is in anguish. He, he goes and prays and he comes back and he finds his friends, especially this, this closest group of friends, Peter and James and John. They keep falling asleep. He goes back and prays and comes back and finds them asleep. There's a great point. There's a um, great episode of that one five that I watched recently. And there's this, um, this character who brings up that this is, for him, um, the most powerful moment in his faith. Because Jesus stays. Jesus knows exactly what's going to happen. In fact, he is dreading the fact that it's happening. He prays that God would take this away from him and yet submits to God's will, and he does not leave the garden. He knows that they will find him there. He knows that that's, they know that that's where he is. He could have run, ran. He could have ran. 
He could have gotten away. He could have tried to hide, but he does not. He stays right where he knows that they will find him. And that is this huge act of faith for Jesus. Um, and the, in the story, the, the character asks and wonders, you know, I wonder if I would have that same sort of faith. Um, and during the course of the story, he actually is able to, to test and see. It's a wonderful and wonderful story. Anyways, um, powerful, powerful image of Jesus praying in the garden. Those are our readings for today. Let's go ahead and join together in prayer. Satisfy us with your love in the morning, and we will live this day in joy and praise. We praise you, God, our Creator, for your handiwork in shaping and sustaining your wondrous creation. Especially we thank you for the ministry of all the baptized. Those who provide for public safety and well-being. those with whom we work or share common concerns, opportunities to share good news with others, the treasure stored in every human life, people of God, for what else do we give thanks? We give thanks for this day, for... Just the sunshine for relationships we have with one another. For the faith to stay in the places that are challenging. We dare to pray for others, God our Savior, claiming your love in Jesus Christ for the whole world, committing ourselves to care for others in his name. Especially we pray for the church in Asia and the Middle East. those who seek to save the earth from destruction, those who work for the benefit of others, those who cannot work today, all who proclaim your saving love, people of God, for what else do we pray? We pray for the people of Afghanistan and Haiti. We lift up an online prayer request from Didi for her friend Khadija. Another online request for Philip for God's protection from bias, hate, race, violence, and abuse. We pray for Michelle, part of the extended family of Olga, who is in the hospital due to COVID. for Wayne, who is having his leg amputated. For the grandson of Donald, who is a friend of Don, who, is in, who was in a terrible accident and is going to be wheelchair-bound for several months on a long road to recovery. As you cause the sun to rise, O God, bring the light of Christ to dawn in our souls and dispel the shadows of hatred and fear. Give us grace to reflect Christ's glory and let his love show in our deeds, his peace shine in our words, and his healing in our touch, that all may give him praise now and forever. 
Amen. Now let us continue to pray using the words that Christ taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Now may the God of hope fill us with all joy and peace through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Bless the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Thank you so much for joining me today for Daily Prayer. Join me tomorrow for some more. Like this video, share it with someone else, click on the subscription and the notification button, as well as going to our website, johncalvinchurch.org, liking our Facebook page, uh, following our Instagram page as well. Our liturgy today came from the Book of Common Worship of the Presbyterian Church USA 2018 edition. Our readings came from the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible. Thank you for joining me. Have a very blessed day, and we'll see you next time.